So let me thank my awesome sponsor, Gummy Cube. And they ask you this simple question, is your app visible in the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store? That means are people actually finding your app in those app stores? Well, Gummy Cube, I think, are the best resource you can have to optimize your app and increase your search rankings. See how you can increase your revenue with App Store optimization. And to, to learn more, go to www.gummycube.com. That is www.gummycube.com. Thanks, Gummy Cube, for sponsoring the show. So let me tell you about my sponsor, Asking Point. Now, Asking Point is a complete customer engagement platform for mobile apps. So what it does is it lets you use your analytics to remote control your ratings and feedback widgets. Uh, you can control your in-app messaging and cross-promotion, even push messaging and mobile polls and surveys. So to find out more, go to www.askingpoint.com forward slash app guy. That's www.askingpoint.com forward slash app guy, all in lowercase. And thanks Asking Point for sponsoring the show. Hi, I'm Joe Fabasevich, the creator of Pix.me, and you're listening to the App Guy podcast. The App Guy podcast, straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy, sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. And now, Paul, the App Guy. Welcome to an episode of the App Guy podcast. I'm your host, it's Paul Kemp. Uh, what I do for you as an app entrepreneur or a budding app entrepreneur is I go around the world and I find the best, most inspiring uh, creators, app developers, uh, founders, and anyone who can really help us uh, try to make sense of this whole world that is apps and technology. So in this endeavor, I have uh, got a great episode lined up. I've got uh, Jordan Westfall, and he is the creator of something called Spin Square App, which we're going to find out about. Now, if it's best to just follow along when you download the app, so go and download the app, you'll be able to get a link to the app from going to my show notes. It's the, the appguy.co episode uh, 307, and you'll see a link to it, or you could just uh, search for Spin Square. So uh, in the meantime, let me welcome Jordan to the App Guy podcast. Welcome to, to, to my show, Jordan. Hey, Paul. Glad to be here. Tell us about Spin Square then. What, what is it you're uh, doing with the app? Spin Square is actually a very simple iPhone game. Uh, it's uh, been compared to a 2D one-sided version of the Rubik's Cube, with, but with a competitive uh, scoring system. So it's kind of uh, an edgy brain twister. That is great. So you, you could have the next big Rubik's Cube on your, on your hands. That would be amazing. That would be great. I'd love that. <laughs> is it, isn't it amazing we're still referring to the Rubik's Cube? Like, I don't know how many years. Is it 30 years or something after the... It's, it, it's crazy. I mean, it started, I think, in Russia. And then it just I exploded for, you know, throughout the entire world. I'm sure, I have to say, it's probably the first example of something going viral. Although I'm sure there were some other examples. But that definitely, I had used to have it as a kid. Did you ever complete it? No, that's the thing. Is I made this game, and it's very, it's very comparable to that. Uh, but I could never beat the Rubik's Cube. Um, but I can beat my game pretty, pretty quickly. Well, we, we love it already. So, um, what inspired you to create this game? Then, what, what um, was driving you to actually get it onto the App Store? Well, at the time of when I, I got the light bulb for this idea. 
I was on the uh, Washington, D.C. metro. I actually live in Annapolis, Maryland. Uh, I was headed to a uh, meetup that was actually focused on monetizing apps, but it was from a game developer who was giving the talk. And actually, ironically, on the way to that meetup, I came up with the idea because I didn't have anything on the metro I wanted to play because when you go underground, your internet goes out and then you either have a book or a game that you can play. Uh, so I had thought that'd be neat to have something sort of like a Rubik's Cube, you know, with me whenever I wanted to. And then, of course, the next day I tried to search for apps like it and they all were terrible. So I started mocking up uh, my my own version because uh, I've had a little bit of experience before doing other apps. And um, so, yeah, that's pretty much how it started. I just I wanted to play something and then I just created what I wanted to play, really. Jordan, I've just had a brainwave of a future idea which we should go in partnership with. Uh, it's going to be the world's most expensive Rubik's Cube. You take uh, you take uh, as many phones as you need. I'm trying to calculate how many sides are on a cube, <laughs> and you you slot all of them in, uh, and then you op- uh, and then basically you recreate the Rubik's Cube with several phones. I could see I could see a movie coming up with like a hologram and each person has their own side and it's some kind of like Indiana Jones puzzle and it just opens up some massive door in the center of the earth. <laughs> All nine apps together as one. <laughs> <laughs> so this is really inspiring then because you're going to a meetup to do something about wanting to get in, into app development and creating an app. And it, it kind of forced your hand in a way because you had to come up with an idea. Is that something you would recommend that, you know, people should go to some kind of meetup to take action? I think it's absolutely critical to go to meetups, to go to networking events, to get out there, get your face out there and start talking to people. Be uh, extra. If you're an introvert, you really got to try to get out there and just talk to people. Even if it's like one person at each event, at the first like 10 events you go to, just talk to people. You have to expand your network. I, I expanded my network and that's how I got this interview because a friend of mine who I met through another meetup one on your show and said, hey, you should check this guy out. And that happened with another interview I did. It's so important to grow a network with anything you're doing. Yeah, I do feel like a lot of people are probably listening to this in isolation in a way and thinking that they don't have the ability to, you know, network because they don't live in Silicon Valley or New York or some big uh, hub of startup founders and app developers. But I'm living proof that you can build a network wherever you may be and, I guess that you do the same, do you, in terms of building up your network? Do you do it online or more offline? Um, Mine's more offline. And again, I live almost an hour away from D.C. So I actually go to D.C. quite a bit. And I just, you know, you got to suck it in and, you know, just go. (laughs) It's kind of a long haul. I got to go to D.C. tonight for another networking event with, you know, listed as 150 to 200 people. So hopefully I'll make a you know a handful of connections there that'll lead to anywhere. I don't really go there with an objective or a mission. I just go there to meet people and you know chat. If you have that mindset, it's a lot easier. To don't go there. I, I never go there with the mission to try to like find people to use. <laughs> so so Jordan, let's try and help some people out because I know that it it must be really hard for someone listening to this to know where to focus their time. There's so much now that where you could you could potentially be doing work on an app, building it, launching it, networking. How do you end up focusing your time, uh, you know, to try and be as productive as you possibly can? Yeah, there's there's many things you have to do as a as a developer, as a as a business owner, and it's really hard to d- divide your time. But w- what I do is 
I I build the or draw. I'm not a builder. I I draw and design stuff. So I I sit there and actually uh, I'm a big PowerPoint guy. Uh, surprisingly, I can make PowerPoint look like an app. So I actually sit there and mock up something I'm thinking about, right? And so. Uh, one of my biggest uh, characteristics is, or you know, keys to success would be to get feedback as fast as you can. And so I would draw up something and then talk about it a little bit and then go to a networking event and just get a couple guys to look at it, guys or girls, and see what they thought. If it's like crap, then go back and redesign it. If it's crap again and crap again, then scratch that idea. But as long as you're kind of incrementally getting positive feedback just it's back and forth really i mean each event's maybe a couple hours so you do some work and go to event come back and then the next day or the day after that go to another event it's just all about iterative and incremental increases in productivity really so so i'm really keen to know how you uh took the idea and literally made it happen because i know that again the appster tribe listening to this right now there's so many people that have had ideas they're pretty good but they never do anything about it and what made it different for you you know how did you end up actually going about and delivering action on this and getting this app into the the app store Okay. Um, well, after I get all the feedback, uh, positive feedback from a lot of my gamer friends and some of my friends and family, which I would never count as great feedback, but it's nice to just have some more feedback, but you have to go out and get real feedback. But after all that was done, um, I started shopping around for developers and I went through elance.com where you can hire you know anyone around the world and i found some developers out of the middle east and uh it took me about four weeks to search and hire my developers and we came to a good agreement and uh, i used pretty much my business savings to pay them for the entire app and um that's pretty much all how it happened and it lasted about five months of development so that is again, one of the big risks that people are faced with. Uh, they either try and get funding from friends, family, uh, or, or actually end up bootstrapping it or like yourself, you know, spending your own money. Uh, I've done the same thing. Any Anything you've learned from that experience? I wish I would have done more testing actually, because I think I could have spent less or probably the same amount and had a little bit better of an app, but I was too excited. And so I started just, you know, paying these guys and they did a great job. It was no fault by them, but there's a few things in the app, which, you know, they could use some more work, but now that I've pretty much dried up that budget, I have to pretty much go with what I've got. So I would say just to make sure you do plenty of testing. If you're paying someone and you like it a lot, just make sure you go back out and get feedback during development. And, you know, before you start beta testing, before you start alpha testing, you need to do like four or five tests every time you have a new build is what I would suggest. And, and did you have any idea of monetization before uh, starting the project? Like, for example, did you expect to make money by selling the the game or having in-app purchases. T tell us about the monetization of the app. Yeah, I uh, did some research and the numbers are so low when you try to charge for an app for like 99 cents. You know, you, you don't get as many users because people are kind of stingy when it comes to the app store. Uh, I mean, if you see something for 99 cents, you kind of second guess it every time. It's kind of crazy, it's only 99 cents, but I guess they kind of add up in a way. So I didn't uh, go for the 99 cents. So it was either in-app purchases or ad uh, ads. So 
I was looking at in-app purchases, and if you, I'm sure whoever the listeners are that are going to play the game, you'll notice how easy and simple this game really is. There's not much I can add to it. So then I just defaulted to ads, and I kept the ads fairly light, and now I'm just, I guess, banking on trying to get a lot of users, which is difficult. But for my first product, I think I, I, I'm enjoying the process and the climb to trying to get to where I want to be. Yeah, because one of the things we often neglect is the fact that this is a learning experience. No one's got uh, the, you know, the key to success. And, you know, I I can vouch for that. You're episode 307. And uh, I still don't know what, you know, what is perfect. And, and so it's more like the journey then, I guess, is like a, a really enriching journey for you. It's I, I I'm always now saying to my friends after you know I built the app. It's like well now it's easy, right? I'm like no, <laughs> designing it and thinking of the idea and developing it have actually now in my eyes became the easiest part about the entire process. Getting the attention of the masses is probably the hardest thing to do. Yeah, and any ideas on how you're going to do that? Well, uh, for one, going to. Uh, I, you know, I did the interview with another guy. I'm having an interview with you with today, and I've been talking to a few different, you know, higher up mentors. Hopefully, I can maybe get some exposure there. And it's really hard when there's, you know, another 1.4 or some odd apps in the app store. You really have to find ways to separate yourself. And I'm looking at some external things with like sweepstakes and contests to try to, you know. Uh, step aside from the actual you know just basic marketing of like i you know facebook ads google ads whatever i'm not trying to do any of that i'm trying to do some kind of organic weird thing which may or may not work but i think it'd be fun to try and maybe document my uh, experiences later yeah and uh, one of the things I, i love to try and reveal on this show is the genuine nature of what it takes to uh create an app put it on the app store some people think it's an overnight thing uh, t- tell us how long it's taken from that initial idea you had on the train to to now. Yeah, it, the initial idea was in November, the beginning of November of 2014, and we launched in April 11th. So I think that would have been almost about five months. And luckily, I had a pretty clear vision. My mock-up was is very close to the end result. So I think that helps. But if you're, if you're trying to create like a pretty complex app, it's it's going to take maybe double <clears throat> than that just because you're going to go out there and there's something going to be wrong here or maybe your user doesn't like that button or whatever. It's, it's really step by step. And it's, you know, your first vision, your first idea is probably never what you're going to launch with. And, and what, you know, like in your journey, I mean, if you try and think about the lessons you've learned uh, to try and help anybody who's on that train right now, who's just listening to this and thinking they've got an idea, uh, what guidance could you give uh, those people? I think, uh, maybe like the whole theme of this talk so far is just being getting feedback. And I think a lot of people are scared to talk about their ideas to other people. It's, it's really not common for anyone else to steal your idea. And anyway, I've already been told that I can expect copycats. Everyone should be expecting copycats to come out after you. If you have some success, someone is going to try to tap into your success. So it's at the end of the day, you need to make sure you're doing all your, you know, your testing to make sure your user is 100% satisfied. And so that if someone comes up behind you, 
you don't have to worry about anything because your user is in love with your product. So you really have to have a solid product before you launch so that when those copycats come, because they will, you're ready to go. It's, you know, just don't worry about talking to your idea about anyone. You're supposed to be the person that's going to execute this idea better than anyone else. Yeah, I, I love the fact you said that because so many people uh, go to show me an app and then I have to sign a non-disclosure agreement. And, <laughs> and, yeah. and it's like, you know, do you really think I'm not going to be like, I'm going to drop everything and suddenly start copying your app? No. And, and I love the fact that I think you're the first guest to remind us that, uh, that there will be copycats out there, but not to worry about it because you can win by uh, being iterating the app, building the features that users want, getting them to really love and endorse the app so that you're not going to, that's kind of like a barrier to entry in a way. It is. A lot of people I try to talk to, um, I've never signed an NDA for anything. And anybody, anyone I talk to, I'm like, dude, I'm not going to steal your idea. I already have 50 other ideas that I like better than yours. <laughs> so um, it's, you know, it's, I don't know, it's, it's, I understand the protectiveness and you, it, it's your baby, but you know, your baby's going to grow up without you. You know, you're going to give it help, but it's going to grow. But then someone else has a baby too. I mean, you just have to do your best to make the product. And if it sucks, someone's going to beat you. So you might as well try to get help from everyone you can. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, just as we're speaking, I've just come off someone who's uh, shared with me an idea that, that was uh, able to generate him $15,000 in a, in a week. And, you know, again, it's like, yeah, thank you for telling me that. I'm not going to do what you've done. It took him weeks and months of hard work to get to that point. Yeah, so, a light switch. You don't flip a card and here, here's another app. But but I feel like a, a lot of people listening to this, they, you know, we do get um, succumbed to the, uh, the appeal of what we read in the press, you know, of these overnight stories, don't we? And these one night hit wonders and we're going to all be app millionaires. And uh, I feel like um, it's, it's kind of misleading in a way. I agree. It's very misleading. I mean, you know, Facebook started out as, you know, just a, a a side project by Mr. Zuckerberg. And then he pretty much iterated from people liking it and liking it and then spreading and spreading and blows up to what it is now today. I mean, there's no, there's no overnight success. It takes a lot of work. I mean, the, the only time you probably hear about an overnight success is after its success. You don't hear about the story before that. There's, I mean, the Kickstarter projects that you can go and look at Kickstarter, Pebble, and all those, those guys worked endless hours and weeks to, to prepare for that. And you have to build a community, you have to build a, a, fel a followership, and then that's how you get the money. And that's how they get um, they have such a huge following that day one, when that goes on Kickstarter Live, it's already funded just because everyone already knows about it. It's it's not like they hit the button launch and everybody just swarms to them. That button launches and every one of their followers gets an email right then and there, and then they go and you know fund that project right then and there. It's really not overnight. They built up that email list. They built up that followership before they hit that launch button, and it's the same thing with any other app. So let me thank who I think is the planet's best app store optimization company, and that is GummyCube. Now, GummyCube are a San Francisco-based company, but they can deal with you wherever you are. They 
are an App Store optimization technology company. Now, they leverage big data from the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store, and they use this to feed their algorithms, which helps you to be more effective with search on the App Store. Now, one of the biggest discoveries they've made over the last few years is that web search and mobile search are completely different. So they collect big data, it's called DataCube, and this is from the App Stores, not the web search. Uh, so this means that you can be much, much more effective with optimizing your apps uh, for the Google Play Store and the Apple App Store. So I highly recommend going and checking them out. It's www.gummycube.com, G-U-M-M-I-C-U-B-E, gummycube.com. And just thank you, Gummycube, for being such a great supporter of this show. So let me thank my great sponsor, Asking Point. Now, they have what is called a ratings booster rating widget. Now, what does that mean? Well, that means with just one line of code, Asking Point can use your app analytics to find your app fans and ask them to rate your app. And what this means is that you get better ratings, so you're not going to get all those rubbish one-star reviews. You're going to pre-vet your uh, users and see if they like it before any review hits the App Store. Uh, and then what that means is you'll you'll get much higher quality reviews because all that moaning and complaining and uh, this app doesn't do this or this app doesn't do that, you, you kind of avoid all that because you're getting all that feedback within the rating booster rating widget that goes into your app and not on the App Store. So to find out more, go to www.askingpoint.com forward slash app guy. It's all lowercase, askingpoint.com forward slash app guy. And I just want to thank Cliff Ribado and Asking Point for being such an awesome sponsor of this show. Thank you. So there's two more things, Jordan, that we always like to do before we say goodbye. One is that I did hear you sort of mentioning that you have a list of uh, ideas. There's unfortunately some app entrepreneurs listening to this who don't have an idea for an app and we and look to this show for inspiration. So I'm wondering if you have like an app idea you can share with us if you do that's great if hey if you don't want to share those <laughs> don't I'd worry be, I'd, I'd be a hypocrite if i, if I, <laughs> yeah, share, I was you know just, i was just thinking that you know like we kind of <laughs> had that whole debate and now i'm putting you on the line <laughs> all right well i think one cool one would be uh i was thinking the other day like a lot how to help students easily skip school and it's i think in the long run it hurts the education system and the long running I don't know. It's it's a very controversial topic, but I thought it'd be kind of neat if the teachers had an, an iPad app for electronically taking uh, uh, attendance, and it'd be awesome if the teacher just you know you know hit just tapped check marks for each of their students in each of their classes, and at the at the end of the day or in a semester, you'd have a total attendance record digitally produced, and then of course the parents could get that report via email. That could be all automated. And then if there was a problem where a child came to one class and then skipped the rest of school, they'd be notified. The parents would be automatically notified and, you know, all that. So I think that would be kind of cool idea to have. But, you know, I'm not I love that idea. Uh, yeah. I think it's great. Uh, seriously, I, the other day I went to school and uh, uh, they have, they take turns. My, my two twin boys take turns in the whole class to go and take this register, a really old fashioned thing, to the secretary and then walk back and 
And there's always a kid that arrives just after the register's been taken. And it's just like so prehistoric. Uh, but okay, so it's controversial because I think we should take that one step further and have electronic tagging. <laughs> where you know it will um there, there will be uh just you, you, like nfc or some sort of kind of eye beacons where they just know where the kids are when they're in school yeah that'd be interesting that that'd be like version four because not every school is going to sit there and pay for beacons and of course the founder's not going to be able to afford what five or six beacons in a school per school I just need just need some um, uh, rich, th- um, you know, yeah. entrepreneur who's you, just going to do that as a, a you, side project. You need an unvalid idea with VC money. Yeah, I, I mean that should <laughs> definitely hit the news, won't it? But uh, not for the good, you know, not for the right reasons. But uh, okay, so um, well, I think that that's, thanks for sharing that. And I mean, at the end of the day, these these ideas they kind of got to I feel cross a line. Because if you think about how many lines have been crossed over the last 10 years, you know, we would never have dreamed of being so open and public and, you know, with our information. But we are, all of us are now, you know, just sharing and um, broadcasting. And and so all these lines have been kind of grayed out over over the years. And we don't know where the lines are going to exist in five years time. Is that fair? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of controversy to, you know, what what we can do what we should do and it's going to be interesting uh to see uh i was actually just watching a presentation on a baby monitor for a sock and how they can like monitor the baby's health i mean that's nice but then you know you could always expand that to like knowing everything about that baby throughout the entire life and i don't know it's out you know the this is the, I guess we're past the information age. I think it's starting to call a share economy where everything's shared. Everyone knows everything about it, everybody else. And that could be beneficial in some ways. And then, you know, it could give the bad guys a lot easier access to your information. It's just, it's, it's getting harder to be more private, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I personally have a view on this. I think uh, transparency is good in the world and, uh, you know, I feel like uh, I've benefited from just being open and transparent with what I do. And and so um, I'd encourage everybody to, you know, rip up those NDAs and just <laughs> uh, share your ideas and uh, just be transparent with them because uh, there will be people that, as you say, copy Yeah, stuff. you're not going to stop anything from happening. Once you get a product on the market, they're still going to have copycats. And if yours sucks and theirs is better, they're going to win. Point. Yeah, I, I think it. there are actually a few more app guys in the world, you know, so... Um, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so uh, just the final thing then is that this is the App Guide podcast. So we do love talking about apps. Uh, I wondered what's on your phone. Maybe something, an app you can share with us that you feel may not have been talked about before. Um, I don't know. Uh, are we talking like a regular app or a game? or a- Anything you want. Anything, you know, look through your phone. If you find anything that's like, like your favorite app at the moment, or it could be a game or utility app or. I uh I don't do a whole lot of utility apps, and I do all the social, the email, stuff like that. That's pretty much what I use my phone for the most. Uh, the game I'm playing right now, besides my own, of course, is um, excuse me, it's called Rovercraft. I think it's one word. It's like a space game where you build uh like a, a space like a small spacecraft on top of uh, like Mars or another planet, and you have to traverse this uh crazy land and you got to build a better uh vehicle as you go along to try to make it through the thing so you're trying to build up a like a 
I don't know. It's hard to explain, really. But it's cool. You just build up a little craft and you have to make it to the end, pretty much. Well, and actually, Jordan, in our pre-chat, we did mention another app um, called Boss Jock, which I don't think has been mentioned before. I've used yeah. it. And tell us about how you, you were using that. Yeah, I had begun to do a podcast for musicians. Uh, and so I've, I was looking at apps and the easiest ways to do podcasting. And this this uh, app called Boss Jock crossed my way. And the thing that's cool about it is you can upload sounds and music and you can press them at one touch of a button. So if you're doing like a comical podcast where you want to have someone getting hit over the head with a hammer, you can have that sound bite ready to go as you're recording and you can record uh, right off the iPad itself. And you can, uh, what I did is I got an adapter uh, that goes to a USB, which then plugs into a USB-powered microphone. So you can have a total podcast on your iPad uh, with Boss Jock, and then and you're you're set to go. Really, well, let's talk about that US-powered mic because uh, again, okay, so we're going slightly off topic, but it's really interesting to me. Now I have Boss Jock. Uh, my Blue Yeti microphone does not get powered uh, by the iPad or the iPhone. Uh, and so I have tried uh, a non-USB, I think, um, uh, like a, a Rode Rec, uh, no, sorry, a Rode uh, Lavia. But uh, what what microphone are you using to get powered? I'm using an Audio-Technic uh, ATR2100. And uh, that's through my research. That's, that's what I was told was the better uh, microphone of most podcasters, actually, besides, you know, the two $300 ones. This was under 100 and uh, it's USB powered, and it can hook up to, uh, you know, your Mac, your uh, your laptop, and then, or you can hook it up to a mixer, like what I what I was going to do, because I actually have a small mixer for you know you know equalizing the sound, but uh, that's that's what I use for the microphone. Yeah. Well, here's here's two challenges to uh, the listeners. One is that. Uh, if you think I should have more sound effects in this show, let, let me know. I've never put a sound effect in apart from a, recently a, a, an explosion. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, if you want more sound effects, get, come and tell me and uh, get get in touch with the theappguy.co. Um, and also the second one is, um, it's just skipped my mind. So um, we'll just keep it at one. <laughs> so um, Jordan, uh, this is great. Thank you so much for uh, coming on. And as I say, all the links to you will be on the show notes at episode 307 at theappguy.co. But how Excellent. best can we currently reach out to you and connect? To me personally, you can reach out to my company email, which is jordan at spin, spinsq.com. And that's my email. Fantastic. And if well, you want to tweet, you can do at ju. J, I'm sorry, <laughs> can never spell my own handle. J D U B nine K is my at Twitter's. You were just trying to get the the shortest number of characters. Does that happen to be your password as well? <laughs> uh, it, well, there's a little running thing. I actually won nine thousand dollars at a slot machine before, so I had that nine K on the end of it. Oh, so, yeah. Are you telling me you've already had your jackpot day and you forgot to mention it? Well, that was when I was 18. That was almost, that, wow, it was almost 10 years ago. Jesus. Um, but yeah, I went to West Virginia where the, the age to gamble was only 18 for my birthday. And my dad was pretty ticked off that I walked away with 10 times more money than he had. <laughs> <laughs> you could have got in the press, you know, 18 oh, year old. I, I didn't, I didn't know 9K. anything. 
right. and obviously you've you've taken the ultimate gamble by just trying to make it as a startup and putting apps on the app store i, I guess you can say i'm a betting man <laughs> jordan this is great thanks so much it's been great getting to know you and uh, yeah. sharing your story so i agree um, it's been fun yeah thanks ever so much for joining us and uh, all the best with the future well thank you so remember to go and check out www.gummycube.com. That's G-U-M-M-I-C-U-B-E.com, who are the world's best app store optimization company. And I highly recommend using them to improve the optimization of your apps and help them get discovered in the app store and use their algorithms and their data cube from the Google Play Store and the Apple App Store. So www.gummycube.com. And thanks to Gummycube for being such a great supporter of this show so remember to go and check out askinpoint.com forward slash app guy about those app rating booster widgets and you'll get a an exclusive 30 percent off the first six months when you upgrade from your free trial to a paid account that is an exclusive offer for app guy listeners uh, go to www.askinpoint.com forward slash app guy all lowercase and thank you very much to asking point for sponsoring the show as I promised, I'm reading out all the reviews that I've had for this podcast over the years and to thank everybody and, and just hopefully to remind you that you should be leaving me a review. Uh, if you've been listening to this content for some time, it's the least you can do for me. I really do appreciate it. And I'm just acknowledging all these people that I've been able to touch and uh, they've left me a review. Actually, it makes me feel good reading this out. So um, just going through the last one we've got was the 7th of May. So that's uh, oh, my good friend uh, and uh, Andy Cam, which is Andreas Cambanis. Uh, I must have um, met him at the 7th on the 7th of May 2014. Uh, we just had a big launch uh, and I'm recording this on the, the time that we finished our uh, launch um, that I kind of helped out a little bit with. So. Thank you very much, uh, Andreas. Listen to this daily. My friend uh, Jordi recommended this podcast. And as an app developer, I subscribe. I'm so glad I did. Paul provides a regular dose of inspiration. I am not looking forward to the day when I catch up with all the podcast release. Uh, there's a lot more for you to catch up with, Andreas, by the way. <laughs> uh, so, so far, uh, uh, I have to then wait for the next one. But it's been perfect listening uh, whilst at the gym. I can't wait to hear uh, some of the other guests that Paul has on the show. And so um, that was the start of a great relationship. And almost to the a year to the day, we ended up um, helping each other out. And uh, uh, isn't that great the way you build relationships uh, through podcasting? Um, fantastic podcast. Uh, Paul Gets It Right uh, by Circle Films. A wide variety of great content, over 100 plus interviews, podcast covers, business apps, entrepreneurship, London Ton, A plus. Well, Circle Films, if you are still listening, um, thank you very much for that review on the 19th of May, 2014. Um, 28th of May, uh, an app developer's resource by Joel Bogus. Well, I had Joel on the show and I'm sure that I mean, he's a he's a like podcaster and puts out a lot of audio content, uh, I guess um, a lot of talk shows. Great guy and works alongside his uh, wife and he left me this review um so not only was he a guest he, uh, he acknowledged how important a review is paul digs into the mind of people from different industries and finds out about their needs for apps and technology what a great service for everybody 28th of may thank you joel um if you do happen to be listening to this i remember our conversation and it was great 
Um, so there we go. It looks like I've run out of time. I will do some more of these at the end. But for now, thank you very much for listening to the reviews. And hopefully that has encouraged you enough to go and just press that magic button, which is a review. All the best. Thanks a lot. And goodbye for now.